Grab a snack, pull up a chair, and pass the remote. I'm James Chalmers, and with me as always is my lovely co-host Tina Harrisonitis. Hello! Still no Nick, he's still jet-setting around the world. Yes, he is. I won't call him a nonce, because he didn't like that. <laughs> um, he did not, no. He's just a swarthy fool. He's not here on Deschamps. <laughs> he's, uh, we're starting to miss him, he's been, been away for a little while. But uh, we'll have a replacement for him soon, I'm sure. Get some guest hosts in. I bet we won't. <laughs> I bet we won't have a replacement for I got him. some guests lined up. We'll oh, get okay, some, cool. Some guests lined up. Uh, how have you been since the last episode? Good. I'm feeling better. I'm not so sick anymore. Um, and uh, I'm on school holidays, which is really good. Nice. Really, really good. I've had the chance to watch a few movies as well. Mm, absolutely. What about yourself, James Chalmers? Uh, I am not on school holidays. I'm still working pretty much all the time. You don't have school holidays anymore. I don't get school holidays. You're not a school kid anymore. I don't get holidays at all, really. Mm. But uh, still trying to watch as much as possible. We're at like movie 185 or something now, so I'm still a little bit behind, but it's fine. We'll catch up eventually. Uh, I've got no news this week. No news lined oh, up. Oh, no, there is a piece of news, James. There is a piece of news? Yeah, very sad piece of news. You're right. You're right. I did forget about that. I wrote about it there and I didn't put it down out of my little face. Um, uh, we lost someone. We did. We lost someone again. Um, and uh, this time it's not necessarily a name that everyone would know, but def- certainly an important person uh, in the pop, the pop cultural mosaic. Um, uh, Joan Lee passed away, mm. who, if you don't know the name, you'll definitely know her husband, uh, Stan Lee, obviously the most famous person in comics maybe ever. Uh, the guy who created all the Marvel superheroes from Fantastic Four to Spider-Man and everything in between, basically. Mm. Um, yeah, she died there to 93 uh, just the other day. That's a real good effort. 93. Yeah, they were, they're both... She was 93 and he is 93. Like, yeah. Um, and they uh, they met in the... Oh, I want to say 40s or 50s. Mm. Um, and she was like a supermodel and he was a comic book writer and they just... She was the inspiration behind, like, all the sexy girls of Marvel. Yeah. Like, she was the Mary Jane and, mm. and all that sort of stuff. Um, and she's also a big part of re- the reason why the Marvel brand is the way it is today. Because um, Stanley was a writer for a comic company before it was called Marvel. And he kind of hated it because he had to, like, write these kind of simple stories that the editor wanted to be done. And they were, like... Not really. They weren't very creative. They're kind of stifling, and he, he was really kind of hating it. So he was going to resign. Is telling his wife this, and before, and she said to him, "Look, before you resign, write one story you want to write. Like, because if they fire you, it doesn't matter. Cause you want to quit anyway." Yeah. Uh, so he wrote. And I, I believe he wrote the first issue of the Fantastic Four, mm. and then suddenly everything changed. People were like, "Oh, this is awesome! Like, it's different and new, and 
scientific and it's grown up but not too grown up the kids can't enjoy it yeah and then like from there he created the hulk the x-men uh spider-man a little bit later um all these characters and now marvel's like one of the biggest companies in the world yeah no absolutely um so i put a little post up about it the other day and yeah when i saw that post i obviously saw the picture before i read like the context. I was like, oh my god, Stanley died! Um, and Touchwood. And um, then obviously I read the rest of the post. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, I see. And I was just, I had to make it clear that, like, I wasn't trying to outshine her life with his. Yeah. Because, like, obviously he's had a lot of achievements, but without her, none of it happens. Yeah. Like, without her encouraging him and supporting him and just, you know, being a team player and like kind of being on his side, um, we would never got any of it. So she is just as responsible for the creation of all these characters yeah. as he is. Um, so yeah, so Joan Lee uh, will be missed, some, yeah, sadly. That's sad. But I'm sure she led a wonderful life at the age of 93. Yeah, I watched this documentary earlier this year um, all about Stan Lee and she's in it quite a bit and she's just constantly making fun of him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> crap. Um, and she was also like mentioned throughout that uh, biography comic book that I've got as well, the Stan Lee um, yeah, illustrator. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, so that's the only news. Unfortunately, we didn't have any happier news. Um, no, which is a shame. But, um, but yeah, so I guess, speaking of all things Marvel, kind of a sad segue, but <laughs> we'll get into it. Um, we have a, a movie to review. I feel like we'll probably only talk about one thing this episode. We didn't set up a topic because there's a big movie we've been looking what forward to. What about what we just watched as well? well? We might get there. We might get. We'll see how long we go through this. Yeah. Um, last week we did, ran through the arduous task of like he's just falling asleep on me. Yeah, on her. But like he's not even sitting on me. He's just like he's leaning half up. on us. Let's half lift on the him ground. up. There you go, buddy. There we go. Um, last week we had the arduous task of rewatching Spider-Man Three and let you all know what we thought, so you didn't have to watch it. This week we went and saw Spider-Man: Homecoming. The first mm. official Spider-Man movie in the MCU. Second appearance of Spider-Man because it was in Civil War, obviously, as well. Um, and this movie kind of had a lot... It had a lot of work to do. Because we've seen five Spider-Man films now. Some of them good, some of them not so good. Um, and I think a lot of people, maybe, especially before Civil War, maybe since Civil War, the excitement's changed, I think a lot of people were sick of this character, just didn't really need any more Spider-Man. Yeah. So I had a lot of work to do. All the trails all look good. Um, but it was, I think it was one that's been really under the microscope for the last 12, 18 months, ever mm. since they brought Spider-Man back, I guess, essentially. Mm. Uh, so we saw it. What did you think? I loved it. I thought it was so good. Um, my only issue with it was, like, coming from a teacher's point of view... Uh, spoiler, spoiler alert, there's yeah, going to be before, spoilers Yeah, spoilers, we're going to spoil the crap out of this thing. So if you haven't seen it, pause it, go watch the movie, and then come back and listen to it. I mean, honestly, by the time this, goes, this is going up on a Sunday, opening weekend, you should have seen it. Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, yeah, the only bit that I was like, really? Was um, when the bad guys find their way into the school to try and find the, the glowing stone. And mm, I was yeah. like, um... Anyone who comes into a school needs to have a visitor's pass, and they would probably be checked for weapons, and if it's an American school, and, and then I was like, Tina, it's just 
just a movie. Yeah. Take some leniencies. But, like, oh, my God. It was so good. It was funny. It was... The pacing was perfect. The special effects were amazing. At first, when I saw um, Spider-Man, like, going through the air, I was like, ooh, I don't find that as, like, nice, as aesthetically pleasing as movements. when you watch... Um, Spider-Man's 1, 2, and 3. Or sort of even the like Andrew that. Garfield ones, maybe? Because he moved pretty... Oh, I can't really remember yeah. the way that he moved, sort of thing like that. But then I was like, no, actually, I agree with the way that he moves more in this one. Because it's more agile. The way he moves in the first three is like more like a ballet dancer. Mm. Whereas this, it's more like he's a kid and he's moving around quickly because yeah. he's trying to get from point A to point B. Yeah. Sort of thing like that. So... Yeah, no, I, I thought it was fantastic. I love the suit. Oh, my God. Just, like, all the tech. All the yeah. tech is fantastic. Um, and I just think it's so... I like it's so good when he, like, um, you know, like, hacks into it and so he gets all the abilities and stuff like that. Like, that's really funny. Um, yeah, like, the pacing was great. Um... Uh, I was completely sucked in. I completely believed all of it. Um, I thought the characterization was really good. I mean, let's put it this way. It's... It definitely belongs in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Like, you can tell it's made by the same people who have been in charge of all the other ones. Like, it fits perfectly. It fits like a glove. Mm. Even though Sony did help produce this one, that's part of their deal, you can tell Sony had nothing to do with making of this film. They're like, look, you take it, you know what you're doing, you know with all your characters... We'll finance it, we'll release it, whatever, but it's your, like, Marvel, you guys do what you do best. And they've definitely done that. Um, you brought up the suit, and that's a really interesting point, because this, the Spider-Man suit, this one, is a lot more tech than... Yeah, the other ones than any the other any other version we've seen before. Mm. And we'll put it out there, it's not the Iron Spider suit, because um, I think a lot of people were wondering if that might show up. Uh, it is just his regular suit, but it does have, like, an interface, the same way Iron Man's helmet does. Yeah. Uh, it does have a little voice in the head. It's, uh, Karen, mm. not, not Friday or, um, Vision. Not Vision, um, Jarvis. Although what, what is funny is the voice of Karen is Jennifer Connelly, whose husband is Paul Bettany, who played Jarvis. Oh, there you go. So that was kind of cool. Um, and he has a whole bunch of different modes, different, like, ele- like electrified webs. And, yeah. Like, split, and grenade webs. Grenade and, webs yeah. and, like, split webs and, like... Mm. Kill mode came up a while ago. Yeah, kill mode was someone, I spoke to someone about that um, after the movie, and they didn't like that. They were like, oh, that means Tony Stark had to have the fourth floor to put that in there. I was like, yeah, but like, because I know it's a joke, but like, realistically, I'm like, oh my god, like, I can't handle No, this. but I think, I think the train of thought that Tony Stark would have had was like, this is a kid, and if he's fighting a bad guy, you know. He might need to activate kill mode in order to survive because he's just a he's just a he's just a kid. Like that's the thing. Like if you see it from Tony Stark's point of view, like he keeps seeing Peter as like you know not as good as the event, not as not as strong as the Avengers, not as ready as the Avengers and stuff like that. Like if you put Captain America, like he'd be able to fight somebody and and be able to like battle them and 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 not kill them but like you know tie them up successfully and stuff like that but if you're fighting like a if you're a 15 year old kid and you're fighting another guy with a gun or something like that um i think tony Stark was just thinking i just want the kid i just want him to survive that is an interesting thought i hadn't thought about that way i don't know whether tony would do it like that simply because 
that was a locked feature he shouldn't have been able to access until he graduated so he might have yeah. taken until you know, he was 20 or something I think it's more for like well what if he fights something like Ultron again like Ultron's a human yeah and oh, yeah. Kill Mode yeah. would no, yeah. stop that or like the Chitauri who they had no problem killing like all yeah. the aliens in, yeah, in Avengers no, that's and stuff right. um, and we'll get to that because that ties into the movie <coughs> hugely um but you also mentioned the pacing, and it's interesting you bring that up because I looked at the running time. It is about the same length as Spider-Man 3, which we watched wow, last week. there you go. And it did look... And I'll be honest, I came out and I was like, oh, that was a long movie, but I wasn't like it felt mm. long. I was just like... Because there's so much in there. Yeah. Like... At one point, I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure they're going to have to start wrapping things up now. Mm. But that thought literally only entered my mind once. And it didn't feel like it was never the Iron Man, Spider-Man movie. It was always Spider-Man. Iron Man's in there, but he really is just kind of... He's almost Uncle Ben, in a way. Yeah. Like, he's there to kind of guide him and, like, teach him. And he even has his own, with great power comes great responsibility. And his line is, if you don't... If you... Not, nothing without the suit, you don't deserve it. And that was his yeah. version. Which I liked. And they brought it back up later as well in the film. Um, I didn't think there was too many villains. I was worried when they were like, this villain's in, this villain's in, this villain's in, this villain. And like, but... How were they... It was just the bird guy. There's Vulture. Yeah. There was the two Shockers. Um, one of which... Yeah, but I don't really count that because they work for Vulture. Yeah, and they were henchmen. But I think maybe we'll see some more shock. We could potentially get some more Shocker later. Yeah. Um, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. One of the Shockers does get killed. And the second one takes over. And they didn't put him in the full suit, but he did have... The cross-hatched yellow sleeves, which is very, is part of the costume. Um, I don't remember that. So, um, when he was fighting him outside the school and he had the shocker glove on, uh, he had like a brown vest. Oh, okay. And then like yellow sleeves, and that is kind of the shocker's uniform. Oh, okay. See, I wouldn't have yeah. that up. Uh, we had the Prowler, except he isn't the Prowler. Um, Who's that? So, Donald Glover's character, Aaron Davis. Oh, okay. Later on, he becomes like a, a thief. See, that's the thing, because I don't know this. I yeah. only see as Vulture as being the villain. Yeah. And they also gave us a little hint that maybe Miles Morales might come at some point because he is Miles Morales' uncle. Miles Morales is the uh, half African-American, half Hispanic Spider-Man. Mm. And he comes along a little bit later. Um, and he references having a nephew. So we know he exists, which is cool. And the scorpion was teased a couple of times as well um, on the boat and then in the post credit sequence as well. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so I also... Um... I also got to say, like, I, I I, think one of the reasons why I got hooked immediately when I started watching it was because the first, the opening scene is basically the clean-up of the whole Chitari thing. Mm. And I was like, yes, never in superhero movies do you see the aftermath of the destruction of what happens. And yes, you would have to just hire in a whole bunch of, like, contractors yeah. to try and clean the place up. Yeah, damage controls, and damage control are in the books as well. Yeah. And there was a damage control series at one point as well, I think, like a comic series. Um, but yeah, they're a big part of it. Um, and they're the ones who kind of cause uh, Adrian Toomes, the vulture, to kind of go on his warpath because they're stealing his jobs, so they just have to start stealing tech. Mm. We get to see Loki's chariot again, which was cool. Yep. Um, we see, like, an Ultron head and an Ultron arm. Um, I don't remember. The Ultron <laughs> arm was the gun that um, Donald Glover was testing out. Oh, okay. And yep. then when Spider-Man was looking for something to kind of help escape the facility... He picks like a big like silver round thing that was an Ultron head. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, he's like, yeah. he's like, that's cool, and then throws it away. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, I mean, we get to hear the classic Spider-Man theme. Yeah, which is very that cool. was really cool. Um, I would have liked, credits. I would have liked to have come 
back. I would have liked that to be in like a fight scene. That would have been kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, or even the closing credits. But that's fine. Um, what else? I'm just thinking about plot stuff. Um, Happy Hogan's in it quite a bit. And he's yeah, he totally is. good. Um, Moose Tomei does a good job. Yeah, I do, have, I do have the list of all the characters. I thought we'd go through them in a little bit. I'm trying to think of anything, anything else plot-wise that we kind of can shine on. Um... I thought the story was pretty good story. Yeah, like, it's not really, an origin. It's not yeah, an origin story. Which I was very thankful for because we've seen that a zillion times already. Yeah, now. like you totally believe that he is a kid trying to be a superhero. Like, in, like it, his struggle is real. Mm. Like you kind of, and it, the, everything he's up against is bigger than what he like. He can't stand toe to toe with the Avengers at this point. Yeah. Um, I think the villain is one of the best villains they've done because he has a proper story. Like mm. they really spend a lot of time developing his character and why yep. he's doing it, um, and he's very he's so menacing as well. Like mm. I would say he's almost he does a great job. I mean, it's Michael Keaton, so yeah. like he's he's great anyway. But I think maybe the most maybe one of the most menacing villains we've seen. Just because at one point he's just like, we're going to kill this kid. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. It's like I'm just he's just a kid and I'm going to kill him. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Um, I was going to say... What was I going to say? Um, I can't remember. Um, okay, well, let's go through the characters and then we'll come back if we remember anything else. Because like, there was a bunch going on. Uh, so, well, let's start with Tom Holland who plays Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man. We've seen him once before in Civil War very briefly and... Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Go, say it. I like how um, he was a bit of a vlogger as well. Oh, with all the the self shot footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did that um, as part of the te- campaign teasing early on before mm. the trailer came out. Um, so to have all that footage in there was cool. Like to have him literally shooting while the civil war battle was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like him getting the suit for the first time. And he was like under us, and then I jump up, and he's like, oh my god. Yeah, um, which was really cool. Um, okay, well let's start with yeah Tom Holland. So we've seen him before. We. Yeah. I think that was the first time I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely, I could definitely watch Spider-Man from a piece in it. Like, he's really good. Yep. Um, fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's British as well, isn't he? He is British. Yeah, could not fault his accent at all. His accent's great, but even mm-hmm. like... But he just looks like a Peter Parker. For once, we have a Peter Parker he... who's actually looks like he's a teenager. He looks like a kid. Not like he's mid-twenties. He looks like he... Is a, a bit, bit nerdy. Bit of a nerd, bit of a dweeb. Yeah. But then when he's Spider-Man, he's all, like, charm and sass yes. like Spider-Man should be. Yes. He's quipping constantly, telling jokes. Um, he plays, like, the emotional stuff really well. There's this, mm-hmm. this really heart-wrenching moment. It's not moment. like Tobey Maguire crying. Yeah. Um, there's this really heart-wrenching moment at one point where the vulture has him beat. Like, he drops a building on him, mm. and he's trying to get out, um, and he can't. He's just, like, trying to push it. And he, even though, like, he's got superhuman strength... He can't get out from underneath the building. And he just, like, starts crying. And yeah. I don't even cry, but, like, you can, he's scared. Like, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this is a child who's scared. Like, mm-hmm. and that's something we don't really get from many of our heroes. Like, I never really saw Tony... they're all trying to grow up so fast. I never saw Tony... Well, I mean, I, even, like, Spider-Man excluded. Like, I've never mm-hmm. seen Tony Stark really scared. I've yep. never really seen Thor scared or mm-hmm. Captain America scared. Like, none of those characters really have much fear because they're all grown up and adult and super powered and confident yeah. but this is a 15 year old kid and suddenly like he realises it's like do you remember in Kick-Ass and this is going back a few years now so you might not the first time he goes out 
um, so like he goes to stop someone from like carjacking, like uh, breaking into a car, he just gets stabbed and gets left for dead in the middle mm. of the road. And I'm like, that is a realistic situation. Yeah. And so to see this kid like just screaming for help and crying and just in peril, I was like, it was so refreshing and so believable. Um, but the kid's great. Like his he does his cockiness really well. Um, I don't know. I can't fault the kid. Yeah, no, he's great. I think he's fantastic. Um, let's see who I have next on the list. Uh, well, let's talk about the other superhero in the film. He's not in for very long, but Iron Man, Tony, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Obviously, yes, there's no issues there. No you issues know, there. He's, he's he's solid every single time he plays. But you know Iron what? It, it was interesting seeing him because there is a point like you see a little bit in the trailer, but not much, and it's the whole "give me back the suit" scene where yeah. he has to play a father, like. Yeah. And then he's like, oh my god, I can't believe I sound like my dad right now. Yeah. And like, again, like, it's really, like, it plays really emotionally. Like, I wouldn't say, like, what's the point? I was like, oh, I'm crying and stuff. Mm. But just, we've seen Tony Stark get serious before. Like, in Civil War, he gets kind of serious. Like, when, um, you know, uh, Rhodey is hurt. Yeah. Um, and when, I think, when the Mandarin attacks his home in the third movie, we have seen him get serious and kind of get quiet and stuff. But this was different. Like, it was him, obviously, like, the events of Civil War are still weighing on him and he's trying to be a better hero. Well, also. it's like what he says. He goes, you know, if 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 they die, it's on you, but if you die, it's on yeah. me. Yeah, sort of which thing. is like a really cool, beautiful moment. Like, it's beautiful, sad. But beautiful, but in as much as... Horrible. But no, but like in as much as like, oh, this guy like cares about this kid yeah, and that's stuff. Yeah, right. Considering every other scene we've seen with him, like he's always kind of making fun of him and just being like, hey, like, you kid, like, you yeah. whatever. Like, um, it was kind of cool to say that. Um, Marissa Tomei is Aunt May. She's not in it a heap. Um, probably, I would say substantially less than most of the Aunt Mays, actually. Mm. Um, but every scene she's in, she's great. Yep. Real sassy as well, mm-hmm. like... Uh, I like how it, um, every guy is, like, in love her? with her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Marissa Tomei, Jerry. Jerry. I could have been going out with an Oscar winner. But, um, and she's just, like, this hot-blooded, like, American-Italian woman yeah. who's... Just all, only cares about her kid and like, it's like if you see danger, run. Although I do gotta say, mm. if she knew that he was going out every single night, why did she say something beforehand? Sort uh, of thing. Well, you know, I she th- just lets him. She just lets him sneak out. Every well, they night. do reference at one point the death of Uncle Ben very briefly, um, where he talks about how like you know she's been through so much already, and I think maybe sometimes dealing with tragedy or like trying to look after like deal like deal with tragedy together sometimes you let some things slide and she's yeah. like he's a good kid i know he is so yeah. whatever he's doing he must have a reason like i'm i should be angry but we've got we all handle things our own way that's yeah. the way i would rationalize it mm. um but she's great so let's get into the kids because the kids are great all the supporting act let's start with ned uh <laughs> peter's best friend he's so good so funny like, yeah. I, I think I compared him to Luis out of um, Ant-Man, um, mm. the Michael Peña character. Like, always there, like, reacting, creating jokes. Like, he is... Like, if your best friend was Spider-Man, you found out he was Spider-Man, like, that is how you would react. Yeah. Like, always wants to, like, uh, help out. He's like... I love that I was in class and he just, like, keeps leaning over him and he's, like, um, asking him all these questions about the things that he can do. Yeah. You were going to say? Um, and he's like, you know, I can be the guy with the phone and the computer, the headset yeah. and the computer... <laughs> Um, the they got always some like kind of more adult jokes in this one. Like you talk about like looking up porn and stuff. Yeah. Um, and he's never really in too much danger. Like he's always just kind of 
just like the the fun friend or whatever. Yeah. But he's like in a film that didn't need uh, comedy uh, comedic relief because there's so much going on, like so much fun stuff. He brings additional comic relief, which is great. Like he's totally fun. Yeah, no, I thought he was fantastic. I can't wait to see more of him. Um, we're gonna. Take I love a... he was wearing the hat as well. Uh, yeah, uh, we're gonna take a quick break, uh, and then we'll be back to talk more Spider Man. Okay, we're back uh, to talk more Spider Man. <clears throat> um, so we talked Ned. I have to keep unlocking my phone. Uh, let's talk Michelle. He's not really in the film all that Michelle. much. Michelle. Yeah, she was the one with the frizzy hair who was always calling them nerds. And she was. Ah, uh, okay. The one that gets revealed to be. MJ. MJ. Uh, and there's a lot of speculation that she would be Mary Jane. A lot of people like thought that maybe they were hiding it. Like, I don't know, Michelle. Um, I still don't think she's Mary Jane. I don't think. Like, I think. Like, she just happens to have the nickname MJ, but I think if they are going to be Mary Jane, she'll pop up later. I think it's just kind mm. of a. It's like at the end of Dark Knight Rises when, you know. John Blake was Robin, but wasn't really Robin. Well, isn't Mary Jane supposed to be his next-door neighbour, originally? That's just in, in the, the comics. Uh, I don't think it's... Uh, I don't know if that's true in the comics or not. Uh, okay. They did in the movie. And um, isn't, isn't he supposed to love Gwen Stacy first? He's had a few uh, girlfriends. Liz yeah. Allen, who is in this movie as well, and that's the girl he has a crush on. Um, and not related to Barry Allen? No. In a different wrong, universe? Wrong universe. I said different I universe. I know. Uh, and then there's Gwen Stacy, but Mary Jane, I'm pretty sure he meets... In college. Yeah, so maybe it's like, maybe it's just like a little fun thing and he's actually going to like, I don't know, go for Gwen Stacy next movie or something like that. Or maybe, like, I mean, why can't it just be MJ? Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. Mm. I just don't think they're going to go that route. Okay, yeah. Um, but she was great. Like, she getting, like... Yeah, she for, was really good. For someone who was meant, like, the kind of built up a lot as being, like, one of the main roles, she really didn't have much... She wasn't in it very much. Uh, but she was always in places you didn't expect her. Like, she just happened to be at the party and she was... Um, uh, like, you know, she was... In detention and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, like, she was always in kind of weird places. But she was totally fun. Like, very uh, modern feminist, uh, progressive woman who was always, like, commenting on social injustice and stuff. <laughs> um, which was played for last. But, yeah, I thought she was... Good. Like, for what she had, she was good. I just don't think she was in it very much. Um, and I think, well, we mentioned Liz Allen, so we'll talk about her, the love interest. Um, mm. so she had kind of a cool role. Like, I, I already liked, I like when they do romantic, like, romantic storylines in comic books, because I'm always like, oh, yeah, that's who they should be with. I want to see them kind of get yeah. together or whatever. Um, but one thing that's not in the comics that they did, which is very cool, spoilers, 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 uh, Liz Allen is the daughter of Adrian Toons, the Vulture. Mm. Which was very cool. Like, and yeah. I didn't see it coming. Like, when... Because uh, Peter asks her out to the dance, and she says yes, and he gets there, and he knocks on the door, and I'm like, Flash Thompson's going to open the door. Yeah. That's what I was expecting. That's yeah. the, the move I expected, that she would have doubled up, um, or he rocked up against her will or whatever, and it was there to kind of taunt Peter. Mm. So when the vulture opened the door, I was like, oh my god, I didn't see this coming. Yeah, you are, I, when we were in the cinema, and he opened the door... Yeah. And I was like, immediately went, oh, okay, yep, I yeah. see. And you were like, <gasps> yeah. Like, it took a while for you to, for it to register with you. And I was like, okay. It's because I was expecting. I got there before you did. It's because I was expecting something else. Yeah. Like, I had it built in my mind. So my brain was like recalculating, but yeah. slower than usual. And it was like, this is not Flash Thompson. This is the Vulture. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is cool. And then you had that whole 
awkward drive to the school where yeah. he's kind of like talking to him and like kind of asking questions and Peter like is freaked out the entire time mm-hmm. and that happened in <coughs> and um, behaved exactly as like a 15 year old would behave I mean they did in the first Spider-Man movie as well like in the very first one um, Peter knows that um, Harry's dad is a Green Goblin mm-hmm. uh, and then the Green Goblin comes over for dinner or, like he comes over for dinner or whatever and like Peter's got like a cut or whatever, yeah. And it's where the goblin cut him and all this. So there's kind of they did that kind of as well, mm. but they did it so well in this. And then they did something that I didn't think would happen, where he holds Peter back and then threatens him. Like, yeah. I kind of thought they might leave it, and then he would figure it out too late. Or no, like, but I like that because oh no, I, I'm not complaining. That's the non non predictable route. Yeah, I loved. it. I was like, that's great. And then as soon as they get into the dance, Peter's like, ah, oh, I'm sorry, I gotta go. And he like leaves her, um, and apologizes like you don't deserve this. He runs out in the shock as they're waiting for him. I was mm. like this, oh my god, like similar twists and turns. <laughs> um, so Liz, I mean, we didn't even talk about Liz. We we're talking about her, like her dad and stuff. But she was really yeah, good as well. Yeah, she was really good. Um, like great romantic lead. Does it? You know, did all the right things. Um, was kind of. Well, she was like a senior as well, and she was kind of um, the head of the academic decathlon team. Which yeah. Because it wasn't a regular school, because we're going to talk about another character in a second who was very different from the comics. Um, it wasn't like a regular high school, it was like a science school. So, yeah, I was wondering whether it was or not. Yeah, because um, we can kind of tie this in with the next character. So Flash Thompson, who's a bully in the comics, has always been a jock. Like, he's always kind yeah. of like the guy who's like the meathead guy throwing Peter into the locker or like beating him up yeah. or like you know tripping him or whatever but in this he was kind of like his intellectual rival in a way yeah. like he was smart as well mm. but he was like this preppy he was a jerk. like a preppy rich kid mm. kept calling him penis parker which was actually yeah. pretty funny like again i couldn't believe they got away with that in a spider-man film yeah. that's kind of fun um so even though it's not the traditional flash thompson i was totally okay with that that change so it was really kind of mm. kind of cool and also like i like that actor a lot that's tony revelori who was in Table 19, which I reviewed like two episodes ago. Okay, um, yeah. Like, he's a really good actor, so... Um, he was good. Is Loki falling asleep? Uh, he's just wobbling. Yeah, is he wobbling or are you wobbling? I'm wobbling. Yeah. Um, so Liz, great. Flash, great. Um, we didn't get to see much of her, but, but Betty Brant is in it as well. You know um, Elizabeth Banks' character in the the trilogy, in the um, mm. Toby Maguire one? She was like J. Jonah Jameson's assistant. Yeah. So in this one, she was the blonde girl delivering the school news. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, because she ends up being a reporter as well, so oh, that was okay, kind of yeah. cool. But just like kind of so deadpan and stuff, like, yeah. yes, that is great news. Yeah. Like, they were all fun. Like, all the kids are so good, man. I can't, like, there's not a bad one. Um, we've mentioned him a lot. Let's, are you, are you just yawning? Yeah, yeah. I think I'll say something. We mentioned him a lot. Let's talk about him. Michael Keaton as the vulture. Yeah. So I thought it was funny that he was playing a bird for the second time. Well, yeah, and he a went flying creature for the third time. He went from Batman to Birdman to the Vulture. Yeah. Um, first of all, his outfit is... Like, his costume's cool. Like, yeah, his costume's really cool. Because in the books, it's... Like, they kind of honoured it, but it's very different. Like, he wears, like, an all-green jumpsuit, basically. Mm. And the arms go into the wings. And they feel like this white ruffle around his neck. He's like a bald guy with a big... Ne- he was, oh. was kind of like Mr. Burns. Oh. Okay. Um, and in this, they honoured it, but they changed it. So they use like, recycled... Um, uh, Chitori tech and they use recycled yeah. um, Ultron tech and then they honoured the the ruffles by giving him the bomber jacket yeah the, with the aviator kind of jacket with the fluffiness and the helmet does make a vulture face like there's a kind mm. of a beak there and sort of the glowing eyes but I didn't know he was called the vulture 
until you like just said it at the start of this podcast. Yeah, I think they referred to him as the vulture mm. in the movie. Um, but that's fine. Like that's I'm sure like do like a news clipping in another in the next movie. Um, and, oh, I see. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he does look like Mr. Burns. Yeah, like it's a tough costume. Like yeah. that's from that you know that beautiful age, Marvel age, where everything was kind of fantastical. Like if yeah. you look at like some of the costumes, unfortunately, just aren't practical in like to do in real life. Um, and he had like those menacing talons that like kept picking things apart and tearing things open. He had those like even yeah. his wings that had like the claws on yeah, them and, and like stabbed the, and like, stuff. Sharp metal edges where they could like cut through stuff. Yeah, like that was cool. And then just him in like his perform again, like he's so menacing. Like when he kills the guy by mistake. Yeah. It's like oh well, like yeah. Um, and they made it look. I think in the comics as well, he was kind of a bit more of an aristocrat, whereas this is like a working class character, which makes sense, like, mm. and having the background, like, being his, having his job taken from damage control in the government and Tony Stark, um, again, like, made a lot more sense. So he was cool. His performance is excellent. Um, uh, Donald Glover's not really in it very much, but he's totally good. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he's acting a little too gangster for me. Mm. And he just looked like he had a migraine behind one of his eyes. Mm. Sort of thing. That's okay. That's fine. He, do you know what he, he reminded me of a little bit? Do you remember Community when um, they He's like, do, do the, the Halloween do the fish? No, no not Forrest Whitaker, right? Yeah. No, it's when they um, they're doing the uh, insanity test and they're writing the Halloween stories. Oh, uh, yeah. And Pierce's one has them as gangsters. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, kind yeah. of what it reminded <laughs> me of a little bit, but a more serious version. You've given me boobs I can touch all day with what? <laughs> ah! um, and her, uh, oh, what's his name? Became Woodbine, who played the second shocker. I thought he was really good as well. Like, he didn't have much to do, but like what he did was cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. That's all, that's all the main characters. Um, they're cool little Easter eggs. Like they uh, referenced Thor's belt, which mm-hmm. might come up later on. Um, in the Infinity War movie, um, we got to see a Captain America shield. We got to see a lot of Captain America. Yeah, let's talk about that as well. Like, so I guess it's obviously like pre-Civil War, but he did like all these instructional videos yeah, for like school. Yeah, like PSAs. And you see a little bit in the trailer, like for the Phys Ed one, but then there's like one for detention. So, got yourself landed in detention. You know what's cool? Following the rules. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yes, that was cool as well. Like he was, again, it's just, I think what works is first of all, it is 100% a Spider-Man movie. Like, Spider-Man is in it a lot. Like it's not just, like we see, I would say it'll probably almost equal past Peter Parker and Spider-Man, but whenever Spider-Man is doing something, like, I feel like... He's not sitting on rooftops brooding over MJ. He does brood... He does sit on rooftops a little bit. Like, he's eating the churro, and he's... Yeah, but he's not like, what have I become? But I feel like... My power becomes my responsibility. It feels like there was more... More things happening. Like, in 3, which we watched the other day, like, the other day, even though he fought a bunch... Yeah, there was a big space where, like, nothing happened. He was just hitting on all these chicks, basically. Yeah, like, he's constantly in the suit, like, which is what I love. And the other thing that makes it work is it's 100% a high school movie. Yeah. Like, he almost spends no... Like, there's almost no time with him at home. Like, he's always either at school or being Spider-Man, and that's kind of what you want from Spider-Man. Mm. Um, 
yeah, I can't really fault it. There's nothing really the kind of I didn't like. Stan Lee cameo was fun, having him being one yeah. of the yelling neighbours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have anything else to really say. It's great. I, I mean, I think it's probably the best Spider-Man movie. Yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, I liked the... I really, yeah, I really liked the Andrew Garfield, the first one. I can't remember the second one. The second one's where Gwen Stacy gets killed. Yeah, that scene, oh But it's God. weighed down by... I do love that scene. It is though. weighed down by Jamie Foxx not being very good. Like, I'm not saying he's a bad yeah, actor. No. He's just wrong for that movie. Yeah. Um, or, or that role, even. And also, the choice to make him a CGI blue thing instead of... White thing? He was playing... It was a black guy trying to play a white electrical mm. guy. Yeah, um, and then the Tobey Maguire ones, like, I know everyone loves Spider-Man 2, I know everyone loves it, but it, visually it doesn't hold up, like, I'm yeah. sorry, like, the the CG just doesn't, doesn't, isn't great, and, like, it's very good for its time, but it's also very much a product of its time, like, even in Spider-Man 3, which arguably is worse than Spider-Man 2, but it's the same kind of humour and the same kind of dialogue, and it has the same kind of look about it, like, those films, yeah. they feel... Almost like they shot to a nineties frame. Yes. Whereas now it's that yellow filter. Yeah, I don't even know, I don't even know if it's yellow, but there's a, it does feel like there's a like filter. Like a golden yellowy filter. Whereas now I think the scope is larger, and we're using you know better cameras and better mm. equipment to shoot these movies, and they feel real world. Like yeah. even though it's obviously a movie, like it still has that cinema feel to it, or that film feel to it. Like it, I think, because it's shot on a larger scope. The same way, like. When you watch The Dark Knight for the first time, and it's, you see the opening, and it's like the buildings, and like the um, they shoot the little, I don't know, they shoot the line into the building, and they yeah. break into the bank. It's like everything feels like it's shot in a city, whereas all the old stuff kind of feels like it's shot in stages or in corner, yeah. cornered off blocks. Like mm-hmm. same with this movie, like it feels it's like it's shot in the real world. Yeah, um, and that's pretty important for these things. Mm. Um, I don't. I think I have anything else to say, so I guess it's time to review it or like score yeah. it. How many Lego Death Stars? Are you I was going to say Lego Death Stars as well. <laughs> um, I'm going to leave room for error, but I'm going to give it nine, nine out of ten. I am going to give it a solid ten. A ten. This is yep. the first time you've given a ten. Yep. Nick, you got to come give a ten at some point. Uh, when he gets back, he's going to give a ten to something. <laughs> um, yeah, I loved it. I. I mean, I can't think of anything. Do you know what it is? I feel like there's some just something a little bit missing, but I couldn't tell you what it is. It's like that. It's kind of like that X factor thing mm-hmm. where, like, if you showed it to me, I'd know what it was that I needed. But I don't know what. I just feel like. No, I don't think anything's missing. I love. I loved the opening shot where it was the cartoon Avengers. Oh, that was great. I love the credits. I love the art style of the credits. Mm. I loved the post-credit sequences. I thought the length was right, I thought the pacing was right, I thought all the acting was right. I loved all the special effects, I didn't think any of the special effects were off. Yeah, I, I saw, I saw it somewhere, I read a review today that someone was like, some of the CGI is bad, I was like, what? No, I didn't see any bad CGI at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I'm giving it a solid 10. Well, here's the next, the part two of that question, because we do ask it every now and then, would mm-hmm. you re-watch in cinemas or we wait for DVD? Um... Right now, mentally, I would say I wouldn't rewatch in cinemas because, like, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But I probably would. Like, I really want to go see. Um, I want to really want to rewatch Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman yeah. in cinemas, and I'd probably rewatch this in cinemas. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was really good. 
Um, cool. I was trying to figure out how long we were going for, but then I remember we had to stop the, the tape. Uh, we have a review called in from overseas. Um, Nick Owen, our good friend who does the podcast with us, who you know because you've been listening to this show since day one, uh, he went and saw a movie while he was in America and he would like to review it for us. So he doesn't have any pre-recorded stuff. I'm going to read it for you when I get to it. Let's see what he said. And what's the movie for? Uh, hang on, let's go. Here, this is what he wrote. My long-distance review for this week is Baby Driver. So the new Edgar Wright film. Yes. Comes out in Australia Which next... Which we both really want to see. I imagine we'll review it next week. Yeah. It comes out next Thursday, so by the time we sit down and record next week, we'll probably will have watched it. Um, this is what he has to say. It's not a very long review, because obviously he is on holiday, but he had this to say. Excellent first act, but not enough character development for the payoff at the end. Still very funny and had trademark Edgar Wright style 6.8 out of 10. I wonder if there was any Cornettos in it. Or I, was that just that Cornetto trilogy? Yeah, I don't think... Because yeah. there wasn't any Scott Pilgrim either. I think uh, it's yeah. a standalone thing. Um, 6.8 feels uh, kind 6. of... 6.8. Yeah, it feels kind of... Ups- out of 10. Yeah, it feels kind of upsettingly low for an Edgar Wright film. Like, it's not 6.5, 6.8. That's what he's given, 6.8. It's an odd number. He always, gives, he always gives weird what are you, numbers. What are you doing, Nick? It's all that American air. Ugh. It's pl- polluting his mind. Is it 6.8 miles? Is it <laughs> 6.8 in Fahrenheit? Maybe uh, 6.8 iPods, because he listens to music while he's driving. I don't know. We haven't seen the movie yet, so we'll review it probably uh. later. Um, yeah, that seems... I thought, I thought you were talking about Nick. That feels upsettingly low for an Edgar Wright film, mm. considering how many of his films I love, um, especially Hot Fuzz, which we talked about numerous times on this oh, show. It's such a good movie. Um, but I guess we'll give you our review next week, and hopefully we'll have a slightly higher score than Nick. 6.9. Yeah. Well, I don't do points. I go in for whole numbers only. Um, but we'll see. So that's Nick's little contribution for the week. Um I watched another movie, but we watched a movie as well, so I guess we'll talk about that first, if you like. Um, we literally just finished watching Goosebumps. Yep. From... Was, I called it three times, Ghostbusters. <laughs> and once, Ghostbumps. Ghostbumps. Um, 2015's, go- uh, I almost did it. Yeah. Uh, Goosebumps. Totally fun. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Yeah, like, it's definitely not my favourite film that I've watched this year, and probably wouldn't crack like the top ten, but I've watched a lot of good movies this, this year as well. Yeah. But I always love the concept of it being about R.L. Stein and all of his monsters are locked in the books. Mm. I would say it was a little bit slow to start. Like just a- See, I didn't think so at all. I was like, oh wow, it's going straight into, like, like it was probably about 10 minutes of exposition and then it just started. Maybe it was that 10 minutes. I was kind of like, yeah, like, it's the same thing you have to do with every, like, movie like this. We have to kind of, like, do... Set up the kids moving into the new town and yeah. mum's got a new job and... And all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I really dug it. Like, that kid from 13 Reasons Why was totally good. The young girl I thought was excellent. Like, mm-hmm. I really dug her. I'd like to see her do some more stuff. Uh, and it was nice to see Jack Black in a live-action performance again. Because I think the last time I saw... He, I don't even know the last time I saw him in a live-action performance. I'm sure he's done them, but I hadn't watched anything King in a while. Well, I mean, maybe... Envy, which was 2005. He's probably done I stuff since there. And Bernie was 2012, I think, but I didn't watch that one either. Um, he is about to come back what's he, uh, in Jumanji. Yeah, so. in Jumanji, yeah. But it which is funny because this, cause Goosebumps felt a lot like Jumanji, I feel. Yeah, it did feel quite a little bit like mm. Jumanji. Um, but, um, yeah, totally fun. I thought it was a really good 
kids horror movie. Yeah, it definitely had some scary bits. Yeah, like, it definitely some... had some jumps. Definitely like there were points where I felt titillated. I was like literally like, oh my yeah. god, or like uh, then I was like, Tina, calm down. It's just goosebumps. One of my complaints about it, um, but we did talk about, it, was the CG. Where I was like, some of the CG is excellent. And then some of it's not so excellent, but I guess we kind and of... And then I, yeah, I said the point of, like... We're kind of like, well, we don't... Like, if it's too realistic, it gets too scary for kids. Yeah. Um, like, the werewolf, I was kind of like... And the abominable snowman. Abominable... Abominable. Abominable snowman. Abominable snowman. I thought were kind of not as good, but then the gnomes were excellent. And, yeah. like, the dummy was excellent. Oh, like, the dummy was freaking creepy. Um, so, yeah, like, totally fun. They do, apparently they're doing a sequel, which is great, because now I'd really like to see that. Mm. Um... I, that's all I have to say about it, really. Like I don't have much else to say, but it's, yeah, it's no, fun. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I thought, um, <clears throat> yeah, it was a fun like kids romp. I mean, coming from someone who who went out of their way to not read Goosebumps books because she was scared of being scared mm. whilst reading them. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I didn't have any, like, prior knowledge, whereas you were going through the movie and you're like, oh, there's that character, and there's this character, and mm. that's a little tidbit, and, like, Easter egg for this, sort of thing like that. Um, so, yeah, no, I thought it was generally pretty good. Mm. How many um, shattered gnomes, or dummies, or... Shattered gnomes is fine. Um, I'll give it a... Seven. Yeah, I'm going to give it a seven as well. Yeah, six feels too low. Like, yeah. it was better than a six. Yeah, so I'm going to give it a seven. So, a seven. Um, and then the last movie I watched, uh, actually, it was the first one out of all these that I did sit down and watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched, I went to the cinemas and I went and saw The Mummy. Mm. The first movie in the Universal Dark Universe, their whole cinematic universe they're building with all the monsters, mm. um, starring Tom Cruise and... Russell Crowe and a bunch of other people and I went in thinking there's no way this film is as terrible as everyone's saying it is mm. and then I sat down and watched it and for the first half of the movie I was like this is not as terrible as everyone's saying it is yeah. like I don't understand the hatred like this is actually like it's not my kind of movie or my cup of tea the dog's about to go crazy um but I don't think it's a bad movie like it's shot well like the performances are fine like you know this is okay and then, probably around the halfway mark, I just suddenly lost interest. Yeah. And I think it's because the film kind of stops trying a little bit. Uh, okay. And it's one of those things where, like, you never want a film to be forgettable, but you certainly don't want the film to be forgettable while you're watching it. And that's what was happening. Like, because it's like, action sequence after action sequence after action sequence. And then it stops, and it never really starts up again. Uh, okay. Um, at the ending, there's no climax, really. It's like, do you remember the ending of Underworld, where... It's just like... The one where she's fighting the lichens? That's kind of all of them. Um, yeah. But the first one, it ends, it's Kate Beckinsale and Bill Nye in a room just talking. Vaguely, yeah. That's how this film basically ends. Yeah. And I was like, wait, no, like, where's the... the what? No, come on. All the Egyptian stuff is cool. Like, the pre, like the beginning of the film, very cool. Visually interesting. The girl who plays the mummy is very... Like, is, is great. Um... It's surprisingly violent, which I liked because I want it to be like a... If it's if this is the dark universe, I want to see a dark movie. So it mm. needs to be creepy and violent and have that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, but then just... Yeah, like... There are a couple of problems. Like, so Russell Crowe plays Dr. Jekyll, uh, which is cool. Cause I love Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I think it's a character that doesn't get kind of referenced enough or used enough. 
and that's kind of a cool concept. Like this scientist who's brilliant and he accidentally like he gets a disease or he poisons himself to the point where he becomes this monstrous man and he can't mm. cure it. Like that's kind of cool. Um, and they tease the transformation at, at one point where he needs to get his medicine. And he starts to like all his veins are popping out and his eyes are going kind of cracked and stuff. I was like, oh, we didn't we might see a transformation, and they don't do it, and then they do it later, and he doesn't turn into a monster at all. Like Mister Hyde is just Russell Crowe standing slightly straighter. Now he's stronger and he has a different accent. And I was like, come on, man! Like <laughs> that's like his Australian accent. Or it's something? more, it's more Cockney. Like okay, he's like, come on, governor. Like <laughs> that's like <laughs> oh that, it's, it's not like that. Like it's better than that, but oh, not much. No. But I was just like, ah. Oh. Because all cockneys are monsters. <laughs> That's what Universal is saying. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of disappointing. And the, but there are plenty of cool things. Like when they're going through Dr. Jekyll's warehouse or like his laboratory, you see like a skull and on close inspection it's got vampire teeth. And you see like a giant squid tentacle. And then you see like a severed hand. It's like the severed hand of the creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm. And it's all just world building. Like it's all just teasing the things to come. But I was like, that's cool. Like, I like that. I want to see... Like, you're making monster movies. I want to see monsters. Mm. But there's no real threat. Like, no one really dies. Like, the mummy kind of wreaks havoc, but doesn't, like... um, And there's this weird obsession, and I don't know whether it was Tom Cruise who insisted on it, or whether the filmmaker's like, we should do this. But they're trying to sell the fact that Tom Cruise is young. Like, he's a young man. Like, at one point, Russell Crowe is like, you're a younger man than I. Which isn't true. Mm. In real life. Um, and then, like, there's this girl who, like, he slept with, and she's like, he only lasted 15 seconds or whatever, and then he's like, hey, why did you say that? Because, like, a young man's thing, mm. like, not being able to perform, whatever. And I'm like, the dude's in his 50s. Do you know what I mean? And he looks incredible. Like, he looks better at 50 than I do at 28. Do you know what I mean? So, like, you've already won Tom Cruise, but we've seen you in movies from 30 years ago. Like, yeah. we know you're not young. Just be an older guy. And 50's not old. Mm. It's not old, but like, stop trying to make us feel like, like, do you know what more interesting? The mummy has access to eternal life. It would have been way more interesting if you have this older kind of ruggish, like kind of rugged hero, because he kind of is, he's also kind of a douchebag, he's kind mm. of like a, a scoundrel as well. Yeah. Have him be your hero, but also dealing with his, his aging and being like, I want to save him, but I also want to live forever. That would be far more interesting, like him trying to wrestle with the idea of defeating evil or kind of bottling eternal life instead it's just like it's this young guy like saving people yeah. and stuff like it's and then the girl like I feel like we really took a step back with our female heroes like at the start she dislikes Tom Cruise and you know she makes fun of him in front of people and she's like you know he's you know just this, she has no time for him and then at some point like he saves her life but not on purpose because he reveals that it wasn't on purpose he thought like he gives her a parachute and she's like you gave me the only parachute and he goes I thought there were more. Like, I just gave mm. her the closest parachute. And suddenly she's like, oh, I love him. We should listen to him because what he says is important. He's the man. I'm like, no, like, she was strong. She had independence. What's going on? Like, mm. so it, it it falls apart, unfortunately. Like, the, again, like, the first half, I was, you know, I was like, oh, this isn't terrible. Like, it was, you know, again, like, not my kind of thing, but it, it was fine. Like, I wasn't hating watching it and I could see the appeal of it. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, People will really enjoy this, but then it just, I don't know, it like gives up. Yeah. Um, so how many sarcophaguses are you going to give it? Um, I'll be generous only because the first half was kind of interesting. And The Girl Has the Mummy is pretty good. 
and they did some teasing and Dr. Jekyll's in it. Um, so I'll give it a four out of ten. Oh wow! I thought you were going to say like a six out of ten. Or no, I would have. I wouldn't watch. I probably wouldn't watch it again. Yeah. Like, um, what are you going to give the makeup though? Was the makeup good? Um. Well, I mean, all the mummy makeup we've already seen. Yeah. In the trailer, and that was pretty cool. But like, there's there's a bunch of CGI as well. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Like when she first comes out of the sarcophagus, she's. Just, wrapped in bandages. Well, she's just, like, decayed. Like, she's, yeah. like, this decayed monster, which, again, is kind of cool. And then she, like, sucks the life force out of different people and replenishes her youth and they become, like, shriveled up and stuff. Mm. But they're all CGI monsters and stuff. And it's yeah. Just, like, um, so, yeah. Like, the makeup, the makeup when they're doing makeup is great. Like, yeah. it, it's really cool. But that's not enough for a movie. Like, you've got to have mm, other things going yeah, on. absolutely. Um, it's kind of disappointing because I'd really like this universe to keep going like, I'd like to see you know more monster movies um but they need to just check their scripts just do another draft yeah do you know what I mean and the other, well, the other problem with it is there's no stakes I think I said it before like no one aside from like two cops who get their life force out of them no one dies like spoilers like Tom Cruise's friend but isn't she supposed to be like a destroyer of worlds or something isn't she like Destroying the city and all this uh, kind of stuff like that. She's using sand. And devouring. No, she's using sand to find Tom Cruise. So she's basically Sandman. I mean, but the Sandman affects in Final Three better. Like, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. But like, yeah, there's no. I don't think even the mummy. Um, did the mummy die? I can't even remember if she died or not. Quite possibly not if they wanted to do like a sequel. Well, he becomes the mummy. Oh, okay. Like, he becomes the mummy, and then he resurrects his friend, and he resurrects the girl. Like, no one dies. Maybe the mummy must have died. Or did he put her in a sarcophagus or something? I can't remember. I saw it three days ago, and I can't remember what happened. It was three days ago, really? It was on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the mummy. <laughs> Bit shit. Just disappointing. Yeah. Um, that's all the movies we've watched. Spider-Man, probably the best of them all. Um, I had some trailer trash, but we've got nothing to follow it up, so maybe we'll just save it for next week. Um, they're not very good trailers either, so I'd, <laughs> I wouldn't waste our time on it. Um, I thought it was kind of like, an, like a downer ending, because it's kind of like, <laughs> we start so strong. Do yourself a favour, go see Spider-Man. If you haven't seen Spider-Man... Absolutely, If you yeah. haven't seen Spider-Man yet, and you're listening to this, we spoiled a bunch of stuff for you, so your fault, we said spoilers... Uh, if you have seen Spider-Man, go see it again, because it's great. And the worst the worst thing is, apparently they're only doing two of these. Oh, really? Because of the rights deal with Sony. So Spider-Man, uh, so Spider-Man's set to feature... How long does that rights deal go for? Well, Sony owns the rights, but they worked out a contract that Marvel could borrow the character and use him and distribute the films and make the films, and Sony would just produce them. But this film has been very successful already, so we might find that they extend that contract. He yeah. is contracted to do another Spider-Man film, and he's going to appear in Infinity War. But the other thing that might happen is because they teased the idea of Miles Morales, I don't know whether Sony only writes to that character or not, so we might find Spider-Man get like Peter Parker gets killed in Infinity War, Yeah. and we've teased the new Spider-Man, so we're going to have him pop up later on. Yeah. Um, but I would like to see Tom Holland do more, because he's great. Um, and then there's all these like, spin-off movies that are happening that aren't part of the MCU, like the Venom movie and the black cat and silver sable films yeah. so 
who knows what's going to happen. Hopefully, the success of this film will get Sony to kind of cheer up and give us a bit more of Tom Holland's Spider-Man in the Marvel Universe. And hopefully, Fox will see this and be like, you know what? Take Fantastic Four, because we can't do anything with it. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Um, that's going to do it for this week's uh, relatively short episode yeah. of Fast and Remote. Shorter than last week's even, I think. Mm. Um, say goodnight, Tana. Good night, everybody. I'm James Chalmers, and we'll see you next week.